Hey everyone, how you doing? This is Amon Green, Green Bay Packers all-time leading rusher, and you're listening to The Average Cheese, hosted by Dell and Todd, two lifelong Packer fans talking about their favorite team, the 13-time champion, Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! So welcome to a special edition, a 2023 draft edition where Peter and I prematurely evaluate the 2023 draft of the Green Bay Packers. Peter, it's great to see you. How are you this evening? Or yeah, it's still evening. We're recording a little early today. It is evening. Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing good. Though. How are you? Yeah, you're lying because you just cussed about eight million times before the show. <laughs> <laughs> Not to throw you under the bus, but it's it was an interesting conversation, and I'm glad to see you. I'm glad that you were able to pick yourself up off the anger mat. And was it recorded? No, it, it didn't happen then. Then it didn't happen. That's right. Pixar didn't happen. We're just gonna get into the draft evaluate these dudes, give them a grade unfairly because we don't even know what they're going to be like as NFL players, and we'll move on. Thanks to Rhonda at r Management. Thanks to Dwight at ddgcustoms.com, and thanks to Dan and the folks at Bob Anderson Builders. This is the first episode of Season 4. Peter, woo-woo, we made it to four seasons. <laughs> it's a miracle. Hallelujah. Thanks to all those folks. We still don't have a charity to cuss for. So we will figure that out and have it maybe for next time. Ready? Absolutely. Feels weird not to have like an episode 24 where you (laughs) give us a history lesson. Round one, Lucas Van Ness, outside linebacker from Iowa. I thought when the Packers drafted Lucas Van Ness that that Peter was going to throw his computer on the ground, smash it to pieces like a meme. Peter, I've never seen you like that, to be honest. You were very disappointed in the Lucas Van Ness pick. Where do you sit today? I was more disappointed that it wasn't Jackson Smith in Jigba than I was that it was Lucas Van Ness. It's not an issue about Lucas Van Ness. It was, as everybody knows, or everybody that's listened to this pod will know that, you know, I was all in on Jackson Smith in Jigba. I thought that the chances were, and it never panned out this way, but the chances are that he might not be there when the Packers pick. So the fact that he was still on the board at the point that Packers picked, I was convinced that that was the pick. And I think that it almost wouldn't have mattered who it was at that point. I was upset that it wasn't JSN. Gotcha. So putting all of that to one side, I think when you go back to the to the pick of Lucas Van Ness, I understand that pick, right? So it's not like this is a completely off-the-ball pick and the guy can't play and all of that stuff. It's exactly the opposite to that. I absolutely get this pick. I absolutely get that the Packers need help in a number of positions, and Edge is one of them. You know, even if Reshan Gary wasn't hurt, and he is hurt, you know, he's likely to miss half the season, maybe not quite as much as that, but getting on that way. Preston Smith is towards the back end of his career, shall we say. Kingsley Enigbari, the third guy, was a rookie last year. So there's no doubt that the Packers need help at, at, at that spot. So I absolutely get 
the pick. And I think if you were going to go edge at that spot, then I think Van Ness was probably the best guy on the board at that position. And when I go to evaluate picks at this stage, it's not so much about whether the guy's going to be a good player, because who knows in two to three years' time. By putting together a draft board, I've already said we think he's going to be a good player, or else he wouldn't be that high on our draft board. The questions you ask yourself are, was he picked at a premium position? And the answer's yes. Was he value at where he was picked? And the answer's yes. Was he the best player available on the board at the time he was picked? To me, the answer's no, obviously, because I thought Jackson Smith and Jigba was the guy, and Christian Gonzalez was also still on the board at that point. But he was close to being the best player available. And is it a, a position of need for the Packers? Yes. Could they have got him further down the draft? No. So I think that all of those things put together make this a very nice pick. You look at him as a player and you feel like he has a similar, probably has a similar trajectory to Rashan Gary. It's going to take him probably to his second or third year to reach probably the level that we'd like to, we'd like to see. That's okay. But what it doesn't do is give you that immediate 10 sack a year guy. That's not what I expect to have happened here. And, that, and that's fine. The guy's still less than 22 years old. He's an athlete. He's strong. Absolutely fine with the pick. Put, putting aside my Jackson Smith and Jigba bias, if you like, I think the pick is a good one. He fits the mold of edge rushers in Green Bay, right? 6'5", 272, 34-inch long arms, 11-inch hands. He's a big dude. Got a big frame. Played inside. At Iowa, yeah. So so hopefully that means that he can play against the run a bit, right? Should be able to stand up the tackle or the tight end or whoever is out there. He's raw, right? He very much reminds you of a J.J. Enigbare or a Rashawn Gary, where he's just going to run right into you, run through you. I watched his tape a little bit. You don't see a whole lot of hands. Hands are pretty raw. He doesn't really use them well. We'll see. I mean, it's a need. When we go back to the yeah. mock draft that you and I did, I picked Miles Murphy. So it wasn't like I didn't think Edge was an issue either. Thought it was a spot we needed a guy. He runs a four, five, eight, forty. This guy is a he's a freak. He's an athletic freak. Yeah. That's what they do. They pick these guys. The only problem, it's a little strange to me, and we talked about this during the draft. How does a guy who is this strong and this athletic only do 17 reps in the bench? But then you watch highlight video, he's bowling over dudes. So he clearly uses his entire body yeah. to, to rush the passer. And I mean, bench press isn't going to, you know, you're not going to get sacks just because you bench press 32 reps at the, you know, at 225 or whatever. But let's give him a grade. First of all, Peter, he was 13 on your draft guide. He was drafted 13 by the Ooh. Green Bay Packers. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that Goody just picked up the draft guide and said, what have they got at 13? There we go. As well he should have. <laughs> As well he should have. And if you I didn't think... pick up the UK draft guide, it's on our website, linked to the UK Packers site. So go get it. So you can go back and look at all these things that we talk about. Plus, we still need to talk about draft steals. I don't know if we'll get to that today. You know, again, putting my JSM bias to one side. The thing that downgrades it slightly for me is that JSN and Christian Gonzalez were still on the board at the time. And the fact that I think it's going to take a little while for this guy to get up to speed. But he's right there. I don't know. A minus, B plus. It's somewhere in that range for, for me. 
You're going to have to choose which one. Oh, do I have to? B plus. Yeah, you do. I am going to give it a B. I think he's a very good prospect. I think you just said it. Is he going to be a very good player right now in 2023? I don't think so. I think he's going to be a good player. I think he's going to get reps. They're going to throw him out there. I mean, J.J. Inigbari is fine. Preston Smith is fine. I think he's going to see his way into the rotation and get some real snaps. I will give him a B. Round two, Luke Musgrave, tight end from Oregon State. Super athletic dude. Maybe the did he have the highest RAS score of the tight ends? I can't remember, but he had a very, very high RAS score. He is the 42nd pick and 45th on your draft guide. So again, Packers pretty much going with your draft guide to pick these guys. Initial thoughts on Musgrave, the tight end from Oregon State. I like this pick and, and even more so after them not going with an offensive skill player on day one. I really like this pick and I think that Musgrave hardly played in, in 2022. I think if he had played in 2022, I think he probably would have gone higher. So I think he would have sneaked into the back end of the of the first round. So, so I think that they got a player that's probably about 10 spots higher than he would have gone had he not had the MCL injury in 2022. In a way, similar to Van Ness, there's much more to come than he's already produced. The ceiling's high, the upside is high. There's some areas that you feel like he could do with some improvement, perhaps as an inline blocker. Nice receiver. The production, I don't think, yet matches his skills. But again, for want of repeating myself, I think that just means in his case, because he's such a good athlete, this guy's nearly 6'6", 250 pounds, prototypical pro tight end size, high ceiling. It's a pick of need for the Packers as well. So, yeah, I, I really, I really like this pick. And he spent time in line blocking at Oregon State. I mean, they do a lot of running of the football. Yeah. So while he might not be a great blocker, he at least has the – he's done it before. It's not going to be a guy – like sometimes you look at the Iowa guys. I'm using them as an example, and it's probably not fair. The Iowa tight ends stand up a lot. Even though they're on the line, they are standing straight up, which I think is a little bit strange. But that's how they run their tight ends. Yeah. So this guy isn't going to be averse to that. He's already done it. Ran a 4.6140, which is almost as fast as JSN. JSN ran a 4.5240 at the wide receiver spot. So this is a huge man with athletic gifts. And he's got a football family. I thought I saw that he's like yeah. a nephew or something of Bill Musgrave. So he's got some acumen there. Understands the game a little bit. I love this pick. The Packers needed a tight end. They needed edge. They went out and got an edge player. They needed a tight end. They went out and got an, a, a tight end here, and he is athletically gifted as they come. Didn't bench press at the combine, but again, I don't really care. This is a direct need with an athletic guy who's going to see the field probably immediately. I give him a B plus, and I know that's probably a little bit over. I just love the athleticism. I think this is a guy that Jordan Love can find in open spots and then when he gets the football in his hands, Luke Musgrave should be able to run by guys or run over guys. He's He's got both, you know, those skill sets. I'm, I'm pretty excited about him. It's also a B-plus for me. I mean, he went almost exactly where I would have expected him to go, and it's a position of need for the Packers. I think they did well again here. B-plus for me as well. The next pick is Jaden Reed. So now we're off of the Peter draft guide as far as the Packers go. 
drafted 50th. The Packers did a little bit of moving to get some more picks down the draft. They had 42 and 45. I think they traded back twice, didn't they? To 48 yeah. and then to 50. Yep. yep. The interesting thing is that they turned that 45 pick into Jaden Reed, Dontavian Wicks, and Carl Brooks. You can't grumble about that. You know, they did they did really well there. Back to Jaden Reed at, at this pick. I mean, I think that it's quite possible that the Packers liked Jonathan Mingo, who kind of was closer to the Packers' mould, of, but he was off the board just before they picked. And so they went away, I think, from... Well, not I think. They went away from that big 6-3, receive. I think they picked Reed because he's a specific type, right? I think they've gone for their... A, he played the majority of his career in the slot, so played at Western Michigan, then Michigan State, played majority of the time in the slot, but can split out wide, can line up in the backfield, can run jet sweeps and reverses, can return kicks and very, very good kick returner and punt returner. So I think what they've got in Jaden Reed is, is a little bit of a Swiss Army knife, jack of all trades type of receiver. And I think that whilst they were kind of a little bit burnt by the Amari Rogers pick two or three years ago, this guy, whilst what I might just have described as a little bit like Amari Rogers, is not like Amari Rogers. So not Reed is 5'11. Five, so he's, he's bigger, 5'11", nearly 190 pounds, and runs a 4'4", 40, which, you know, Amari Rogers was, not, was none of those. A very specific pick to get a specific type of type of player, and I like the pick, even though he's gone around or so earlier than I probably, you know, in, a, in an ideal world. I, I actually like, I like the pick. I think he's a good player, and I think he fits nicely for the Packers as a, as a slot guy. You just answered my question because I was just going to ask that you think that he will be the slot guy. He will get his opportunity at least in the yeah. slot to prove that he can do it. He's a little yeah. bit slight. I mean, he's not 165 pounds. I mean, he's 190. So it's not like he's yeah. a complete midget and he's totally small. That should be interesting to see if he can play inside and what kind of feet he has. You don't need to be blazing fast in the slot, but you need to have short area quickness in the slot and be able to get away from guys because you're in the wash. I'd like to see him coming across the middle, short passes across the middle where he can get in space and see what he can do. Because if he's returned punts or returned kicks, those guys usually have good on the field vision. And he's going to have an opportunity because if you look at the roster, is there a true slot guy in the roster? I'd say no. Yeah, Jaden Reed, pick 50. I guess it's my turn. Yeah? Yeah, you go ahead. All right. I'm going to give him a B because, again, I think he is an absolute need pick. I like the pick. It's a B- minus for me because I have to look and say he was the 101st player on my on my board and they got him at 50th. I don't really have a huge problem with that because I think, they were, like you say, I think they were picking a specific type of player. It's a, it's a B- minus for me. Next is Tucker Craft. South Dakota State tight end. Redshirt junior, 6'5", 254, almost exact same size as Luke Musgrave. Uh, arms are a little bit shorter. Hands are a little bit smaller. He's athletic as heck, too, though. Ran a 4'6", 940, a little bit stronger, 23 bench press reps. Thoughts on Tucker Craft? Like you say, not dissimilar to Musgrave. More, more productive but at the FCS level, reportedly had opportunities to transfer from South Dakota State, but but opted to stay, which is fine. I don't have it. I don't have any any issue with that whatsoever. 
both of those, you know, South Dakota State and North Dakota State are really good programs. You know, we saw Christian Watson come from North Dakota State and both of those schools are, are, are really good, good programs. Again, very, like you say, very close to prototypical tight end size. 66th on my board and the Packers got him at 78. Six. I think this is an outstanding pick, especially when you couple it with the other tight end. A, because hopefully in the future that gives you the, the two tight end offense that we all hark back to the days of Mark Shabura and Keith and Keith Jackson. At least those of us that are that old do love this pick. They needed two tight ends. It's weird to draft two tight ends, no doubt about it. But when your room is Tyler Davis, Josiah DeGuara, and a bunch of guys you've never heard of before, you go out and get guys that can play the position. It wouldn't be a problem to play two tight ends that can actually play. That would be spectacular. I like that he stayed home. So he's a South Dakota kid, had the opportunity to go, I guess, to most of the Power 5 schools, Alabama and so on, turned down a bunch of money to stay home, and now he's making a bunch of money in the NFL. I just like the loyalty. And he was absolutely balling when he got drafted by the Packers, which I think is awesome too, right? Like this is a dream. A kid from South Dakota plays at a smaller school, South Dakota State, and then ends up playing for the Green Bay Packers. That's an awesome story. Both these guys should get a bunch of time, right? I mean, Tyler Davis is the only really true tight end. DeGuara has never really played tight end in yeah, I think they'll get a bunch of time. The worst case scenario here, I think, well, it's not quite the worst case scenario, but but what you hope here is if you throw enough darts, one of these guys will stick. If you do really well, they both they both stick over a period of time. Even if you came out and one of these guys turned into a 60-catcher season tight end, you d- job done. Yeah. Right. Love the pick, athletic guy, all of that stuff that we talked about. Um, I have to say that this is an A grade for me based on the pick. Nice. Excellent value. And again, it's still, even though they picked the other tight end, it's still a position of, of need for me at that at that point. It could have been another wide receiver. I wouldn't have had a problem if it had been another wide receiver there. But I think in this class of tight ends, to come away with two of the top six, I, I think it's just excellent. I will give it a B. The physical attributes and the position, they match for me. I want to be wrong. I'd like to be on the low end and then have them overachieve, and I'd be excited. All right, next, Colby Wooden, Auburn. Says linebacker, but everything that I watched of this guy was with his hand down. So can you maybe explain that to me? Played up and down the line for Auburn. Versatile in the, you know, he lined up all along the, the defensive line. Explosive. So you'll see him, if you watch Auburn's tape, you'll see him appear in the backfield a lot. Shoots the gap. I'm not trying to compare him to Aaron Donald by any stretch of the imagination, but when you watch Aaron Donald shoot that gap, that's a bit like what what Wooden did at Auburn, right? Now, sometimes he would overrun the play. Sometimes he'd be totally out of the play. But he he shot that gap really quickly and appeared in the backfield a lot. I think the question mark with Wooden is what the heck is he at the next level, right? So if you look at his size, he's 6'4", 273, what does that sound like? That sounds like a Packers oh, edge outside, guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is he athletic enough to play on the edge? And therein lies therein lies the question. So four seven nine in the forty. So we're not talking about a four six forty guy. So we're talking about a guy that's not quite as athletic. 
I think he's a better player. He's a better player than where I had him on my board. But the issue at the next level is where the heck does he play? Because he's too small to play in a 3-4 on the line. And is he quite athletic enough to play as an as an edge guy in the 3-4 or, or as one of the two outside outside backers? So I think that's the question mark over him. And I'm sure that in camp, they're going to take a look at all that stuff. And I'm sure that they've they've got a plan for him. 116th pick, 117 on our board. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's right there in the in the area that you would expect him to be picked. Like I say, I think he probably would have gone around higher if his measurements had kind of fitted closer to a particular position. I'm not surprised that somebody's listing him as a linebacker because an outside linebacker could be that's where he ends up. You know, a third down pass rusher guy as he learns the position, but you can't be two seventy three. Most guys can't be two seventy three and play inside. You're just going to get engulfed and you're going to get mangled. That said, the Packers need a disruptive player. I mean, Kenny Clark has good feet and gets into the back backfield from time to time, but we didn't see a lot of that, a lot of that out of the three four ends in the Packers system. You see him just kind of holding spots and trying to hold guys up. It'd be nice to see a guy, you know, slice and dice and get into that backfield and make some plays. I give him a C minus. I just don't know where he plays. This is really early. Now, he probably would have been drafted, according to your draft guy. He would have been drafted in this area, even if yeah. the Packers didn't pick him. And not a lot of teams play the 4-3, but would he have been better suited to be a 4-3 defensive end? The answer to that for me is yes. That's exactly what he looks like. And at that size, he could even play as a 4-3 defensive tackle. I think he fits that. It's difficult. And they'll have a plan. I'm sure they've got a plan and they know better than, than I. But it's difficult to quite envisage right now where he fits in the 3-4. You know, in a month's time, in two months' time, we'll have a better view. But but yeah, he would seem better suited to a 4-3 to me. Hmm. So I gave him a C minus. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, I I'm going to go with a C plus, right? Because he was picked right around exactly where I thought he would be picked. Just knocking that grade down is exactly what we've just talked about. I just don't know where he fits for the for the Packers. Round five, pick one hundred and forty nine. Sean Clifford, quarterback, Penn State. <laughs> okay. Undrafted free agent, not even on. Was he on your board? I just I didn't I didn't. Look. He 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 wasn't in the in the top three hundred and fifty. I can tell you exactly where he was. All right. He, he was he was number five hundred and five on my board. Ooh wee! So he was not a value pick at round. Five. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think that once you get beyond, let's call it. I was going to say two hundred, but let's let's just say let's call it three hundred, right? I don't think you've got much to choose between 305 and 505. I don't think it's a drop-off like going from pick one to 100 where there might there's quite a big drop-off. I don't think there's a big drop-off from 300 to 500. I'm not so much bothered about, about the fact that he was 505. I'm more bothered about the fact that he was in undrafted free agent territory for me. The reason the Packers went there at that point was that the run on quarterbacks – was so large. I mean, we had we ended up with kind of a modern day record for the number of quarterbacks being drafted. I think it was a point where if we if if we don't take one now, 
there isn't going to be one left the way that this draft that this draft is going. Clayton Tune had already gone. Jake Hayner had already gone. You're kind of left with what's there at that point. I'm not upset about the pick. I think once they'd got to the point where they knew that they were going to have 13 picks, then it's worth a it's worth a go. And I, and I guess that he was the the guy that they thought best suited them at that stage in the draft. I can't be upset about it. It clearly wouldn't have been a first preference had some of the other guys been available. NFL.com agrees with you that he is a priority undrafted free agent. They had him in the same range that you did. 6'2", 211, redshirt senior. And redshirt senior in the COVID era, that makes you an old-ass man. That's the first <laughs> time I cussed today. 6'2", 211. He doesn't even have the frame of a quarterback that the Packers usually go to. The only thing I can see here is that the Packers are like, we're going to draft a guy that will be perfectly okay with backing up Jordan Love his entire career. Yep. yep. What does he do well? He's pretty accurate. Doesn't throw a, 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 you know, a huge a huge amount of interceptions. It's pretty safe with the ball. And I think it's worth pointing out as well, he did hold on to his job when Will Levis was there with him. Levis Drafted in the Penn second State round. And, yeah. And ended up transferring to Kentucky because he couldn't beat out Clifford. Now, yeah, that's interesting, but it's not always an indication of where they're go- going, obviously. He's meant to be a super intelligent guy. Now, that's something that those of us looking from afar are unable to tell, but those are all the reports that he's meant to be super intelligent. It's meant to be a, a guy that will help in the quarterback room. If that's the case, then you kind of that kind of puts some understanding behind the pick. He's a guy. I agree with your point. That may be exactly why they drafted him. Right, he's got that intelligence, all of all of that good stuff, but he's unlikely to be a threat. NFL.com has his weaknesses. One of them is engages in long staring contests. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that is a weakness. I didn't have that in my draft guide. So, you, know. <laughs> you can put that in for next year, right? For guys who stare at the receivers too long. That's spectacular. Am I up on the grades first, or are you first this time? I think it's you. I'm going to give it an F. I don't understand it. He's okay with carrying a clipboard. And to be honest, I don't want that guy. I get why they're doing it in this circumstance, because they don't need a, a quarterback controversy right now. They don't need to draft a guy that comes in and looks great, and all of a sudden Packer fans are like, holy smokes. Here we go again. I hate it, though. Well, I hate yeah. the pick. Yeah, I mean, you, you have to avoid that situation. This happens with lots of teams where the backup quarterback's the most popular guy on the team, right? It's an E for me. So it's slightly e? upgraded, slightly upgraded for you on the basis that, that most of the better quarterbacks are gone at that point. What kind of grading scale are you working on? <laughs> e? <laughs> not a D, not an F. He's an E? <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting that down. E. That's going to be a Twitter poll for sure. Uh, yeah, E E becomes between D and F, right? Yeah, I guess. I guess. Okay. Round five, pick 159, Dontavian Wicks, wide receiver, yeah. Virginia. 6'1", 206. I don't know. That's really not a Packer wide receiver Usually, but they've clearly gone outside of what they normally do. Thoughts on Dontavian Wicks? 
Yeah, and another another one of those guys who was more productive in 2021 than he was in 2022, missed a few games in 2022. There's a little bit of a theme here, which is why I suspect that he dropped a little bit lower than I had him on my board. I don't remember. So he was 129 on my board and went with pick 147 or whatever it was, 59, right? So for me, the Packers have got a guy about a round earlier than, uh, so, sorry, they've got him around later than he probably should have gone, which is which is which is great, great value. He's an interesting guy because you're right. He doesn't fit the Packers' mould of receivers. In fact, he's almost in between, you know, the 6'3", the 6'4", guy or the 5'9", Amari Rogers. You know, this this is the type of receiver that really doesn't fit either of those Packers' moulds, if, if if you like. What he is, is found him to be when I, when I watched him, is he has sneaky speed, right? So he's not a track guy. But he's one of those receivers, and you see it with lots of lots of good receivers, where you think they're running full speed, and all of a sudden can turn in turn into another gear, and that and that allows them to get separation. And and, and Wicks does it a lot. Has some drop problems. He's a guy that, without great speed, runs a lot of deep routes, which is which is kind of kind of confusing. You know, lots of deep crosser routes, lots of go routes. And I think it's because he's sneaky. Uh, he, he, he is stop and goes and that kind of thing. Absolutely love this pick. Okay. Strengths and weaknesses gained 20-plus yards on nearly half of his receptions in 2021. Bananas number for a guy who ran a 4-6-40. Yeah. So it goes back to what you just said. He's a guy that can just, like, slow and speed up. At, yeah, that's a great way. Able, yeah, yeah. Fluid. great way of describing him. Okay. Yeah. His weaknesses, it says, lacks attention to detail on his routes. Dropped a lot of balls, like you said. Below average concentration. I mean, that's the same fucking thing. If he drops balls, he lacks concentration. But he doesn't, you know, fend off defenders. He doesn't keep them from running through him to the football. He's a fifth-round pick. Yeah. So there's going to be flaws in his game. I don't know if I'm first, but I give him a C. I think it's a little strange to have a guy of this size. I would think they would have picked a MVS type, a long, lanky burner at this just to see what they could get. So this is a little strange for me. So I go see. I really like him. There's some concerns that we that we talked about. And one of them is how does he fit in with the Packers offense, a specific Packer concern there. He fell further than I thought he would and therefore – that helps his grade here. So I think the pick is a B minus. Six round Carl Brooks says he's a linebacker on NFL.com, but played with his hand down at Bowling Green. Incredibly disruptive player at a smaller school. Always seemed to be in the backfield. And this is round six, picking up guys that are, again, they're going to be flawed. That's why they make it to round six. Why is this guy a good pick in the sixth round? One of my favorite players here. But firstly, because he's productive, right? So 27 and a half career sacks playing in the Mac, right? So I get that, but still productive. I think the other thing you like about it is he got better every year. So if you go back two years, seven and a half sacks, 10 years, 10 sacks this past year. Another guy, a bit like Colby Wooden, who you see in the backfield a lot. So he just makes plays. He's around the football and he just makes plays. He has a question mark about him because he played in the Mac and not in the Power Five. Was excellent at the Senior Bowl. 
both in the game and the practices. So that really helped his cause. Bizarrely, didn't get an invite to the combine. That didn't help his cause. Now, should have got an invite, should have got a late invite after the senior bowl. So that, that was just crazy. The size is interesting. So about 6'3", 300, that kind of, where does he kind of fit? I think he's a 3-4 defensive end for the Packers. I know that some are listing a linebacker. I think he's a 3-4 defensive end for the Packers. I think he has the ability to line up on the nose, probably an offset, one technique type nose guy, but I think mainly he's a 3-4 defensive end. So I think he's your replacement for either Dean Lowry or Jaron Reed. And I love this pick. Absolutely love, love this pick. And I know he only scored five points something on the Raz and whatever else, but I really, really like this pick. For a six-round guy, I think you're getting a guy that should have gone around or maybe two rounds earlier. You know, if he was 6'5", 303, he's probably a second or third round pick, right? With yep. the kind of production that he has. But yep. those two inches in height make him look very small, yep. I, I, even though he's not a small man. I mean, I would liken him to, in recent Packer history, Mike Daniels probably is the closest type of... Mike Daniels was a little bit shorter, actually, than... than and Brooks, not as heavy, that, right? Yeah, it's probably the closest guy. You know, Lowry was bigger, 6'5", or whatever. I, I think Mike Daniels in kind of recent Packers history would be the most, you know, the most like Carl Brooks, or Brooks is most like Daniels than than anybody else that immediately springs to my mind. He led Bowling Green in sacks every year for five years. Yeah, he was productive. And his body doesn't fit the prototype. But yeah. what do you do? I mean, you're built with what you you get what you get <laughs> and you make yep. the most of it. Yep. I give him a B because production is everything. Yep. Go out there and produce. No one's gonna care that you have short arms or small hands or any of those things if you go out there and produce. And he's done it. B plus pick for me. To get him in the in the sixth round, like I say, for me, definitely should have been a, a fourth, maybe a fifth round pick. Yeah, B plus. The next pick, a kicker. That's a strange thing to say. The Packers drafted a kicker who has a brother in the league, right? I think Carlson has yeah, the, a brother in the league, and there's some sort of like Bisaccia synergy brothers, there. Brothers at the Raiders. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So I'm guessing that that was a Bisaccia pick. And again, we've talked about Bisaccia's influence on, on the roster or the Packers, where they picked up a lot of guys that he wants. I feel like this is directly his. Round six, pick 207, Anders Carlson, kicker from Auburn. Of all the picks, this is the one I understand the least. So I understand the picking of a kicker. And I think ideally it would have been Jake Moody, but he bizarrely but went three rounds earlier to the 49ers. <laughs> Right. So they must have seen something or know something that's just not there on paper, right? So this is a guy that's a career 71.9% field goal kicker. Even if you took out his plus 50 yard or 50 plus yards attempt, he's still below 80% in his career. From 50 yards plus, he's five of 19 in his career with a long of, I think his long is like 52 or 53. So he hasn't demonstrated that he's, he's he's not one of those guys where you say, well, yeah, he's a bit inaccurate within the 40, but he's got a 60-yard leg. He, he hasn't demonstrated that he's got that. His touchbacks on kickoffs are somewhere between 50 and 60%. I can't remember the number off the top of my head. 58.3. So right. So there's nothing when you look at those numbers, any of those numbers, that says, oh, I can see something here. I can see. Yeah. 
this is one of those where you have you just have to say to yourself, trust the process because they must have seen something. I haven't seen it. Not that it matters to them whether or not I've seen it, but I but I haven't I haven't seen it, and the numbers don't show it. I have to trust the process here. I don't get this pick at all. Don't get it at all. I don't either. Because if he has an absolute cannon for a leg, then you can dismiss the misses. But he doesn't have that. So he's undraftable in my eyes. Okay, but if you're 6'5", 218, or whatever you are, you think you'd have leg whip and you'd just be smashing balls out of the stadium, right? But this guy doesn't do it. I give him an F. I hate it. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's, it's an F for me. And just the hope that they obviously know something that we don't. And there's got to be a competition, right? He's not going to be the only guy in camp kicking footballs for the Packers. And I imagine that this is a pick, right, that if you didn't have 13 picks, if you had nine picks, you wouldn't make this pick. Sure. I still think they shouldn't have made it with 13 picks, but what do I know? (laughs) I bet nobody would have drafted this dude. You could have had him for $6,000. Well, I think that's the other question you ask yourself. Are you drafting a player that's going to be there as an undrafted free agent later. And maybe they were, and maybe they just wanted him and therefore didn't want him to get to the undrafted position where he might sign for somebody else. That or Goody left the room and they left some intern there and he's like, that's late. Let's pick a kicker. First of four seventh round picks, Carrington Valentine, corner, Kentucky. First reaction was, he looks like Kevin King to me. (laughs) This is a guy... Yeah, I don't know anything about him. He did nine reps on the bench, but didn't run a 40 at the combine, just or didn't run a 40. So it's like, uh, that seems strange to do those things. Six foot, 193, 32 and a quarter inch arms. I don't know. You tell me. Well, A, because he's a, he's a outstanding special teams player. That's the first thing. Right. So he plays on pretty much every special teams coverage unit return unit, blocked kicks in high school, returned kickoffs in high school. So does everything on special teams. Very experienced special teams guy, makes plays on special teams. So, so there's the, there's your starting point that when you're picking a guy in the seventh round, that's a good place to start. Valentine's kind of um, really aggressive. So when you watch him play corner, he's very handsy, very physical. So some of that's good and some of it's not so good. You know, you like to have aggressive aggressive kind of feisty type corners and that's and that's what he is but you know he's not going to get away with that handsy stuff at the next level you know those flags are going to be coming out like there's there's no tomorrow so that's a huge area that he needs to to work on so that aggressiveness that physical play that he has really helps on special teams can be a hindrance if it's not controlled on on defense and that's why he's a a seventh round guy Played in the SEC, so he's played snaps against some very good players. And I'm sure that, again, I don't have it in front of me, but I, I, I would have had him earlier. So there you go. I had him as a fourth to fifth round pick, which which doesn't surprise me at all. I, I, I think that I think that he will absolutely contribute on special teams immediately and I think has an opportunity to be, whether he's your third corner or fourth corner down the road, but absolutely that guy. That's a B for me. I gave him a C. Decent pick. If he's going to be a special teams guy, I don't know where he fits on that special. Does he take the Dallin Levitt role? Like, is he a younger, more athletic version of that? Maybe he is. And if he plays, I'll be happy to be wrong. 
This next pick made absolutely no sense to me. And again, you're going to have to talk me down, try to make this, make me understand this. Round seven, pick 235, Lou Nichols, the third running back, Central Michigan, kind of a bowling ball body, no value on special teams. Yeah, it's an interesting description it used. Bit of an Eddie Lacey. And I'm not suggesting he's Eddie Lacey level in terms of his production, but he's that type of back, right? So it's kind of a one-cut guy. You know, he'll rip off 10 yards and 15 yards and five yards and seven yards, but he ain't going to rip off. There's a couple of long runs on his resume, but he's not a 60-yard guy or a 70-yard guy. He's not that back, right? What he is is capable of carrying the football 25 times a game, 30 times a game. You know, there's plenty of examples of that in his career, plenty of examples of 200-yard rushing games, 150-yard rushing games. For a seventh-round pick, is is quite bizarre because those guys don't get that level of opportunity. You know, you, you look at those guys that carry the ball 25 or 30 times a game in the, in the pros and in college. You know, they seem to get stronger as the game goes on, as they get more carries. Well, he's not going to get that level of carry. So I don't really fully understand that pick. The Packers had him in for a visit, right? It was one of the top 30 pick visits. So you have to assume that, that they really liked him, he interviewed well, and all and all of that good stuff. And so I think this is a little bit of rolling the dice. It's difficult for me to envisage him beating out Patrick Taylor, if I'm really honest, for the for the number three spot. Although the Packers have been kind of a little bit lukewarm, haven't they? Really, when it comes to Patrick Taylor, he's on the ver- you know, the edge of the roster and the practice squad and stuff. So I guess that's the competition in camp for that third running back spot. Nice player and all that, but it's, the pick doesn't fill me with. Lots of enthusiasm. And I get it's the seventh round. Yeah. I get that. And I know you take flyers on guys, but it just makes it, it doesn't make sense to me because he doesn't fit any niche that the Packers need him to fit. I don't care who he is. He's not carrying a ball 30 times in Green Bay. I don't know. This makes no sense to me as a pick. I don't see where he fits. I don't know why he would make the roster at all. I think it's a waste of a pick, and I get it. it's the seventh round. I say it's a D. It's a it's a C minus for me. I am very negative today. <laughs> seventh round pick, two forty two. Anthony Johnson, junior safety of Iowa State. Now this makes more sense to me. Need pick. He's not going to play safety for the Packers, at least not in an immediate sense. Not this year. But again, you would think that this guy would have a special teams role with his body. I like this pick more than I like the Lou Nichols pick. It came, you know, seven seven picks later. So it's basically the same pick. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, played some corner before he played safety. Decent athleticism. Lots of people were a lot higher on him than I am. Absolutely preface what I'm saying by saying that, or caveat by by saying that, uh, you know, He's gone in the seventh round, which is kind of the seventh stroke, really high undrafted free agent was where I had him. But I know that other people had him as high as the fifth round. Clearly, from a Packers perspective, they need help at safety. At this point in the draft, you're not expecting to pick the next Leroy Butler, are you, or the next Earl Thomas or whatever. You're, you're picking a guy that, that A, can play special teams, B, at the very worst, gives you some depth at safety. And if he turns out to be much better than than what you expect, then you may you may get a an eventual starter out of him. So I think in the seventh round, I think the pick's fine. Like I say, I, I wasn't as high on him as, as others, so it's a, it's a 
C plus for me. I am also a C plus. And the last pick, Grant DeBose, round seven, pick 256, almost Mr. Irrelevant, right? Is it 260 picks? Getting, getting close, yeah. Somewhere in there. Packer fans, if there is a wide receiver that you want to root for, it's this guy, Grant DeBose out of Charlotte. Zero star recruit in high school. Zero. Played D2 football, made his way up the ranks, very productive at Charlotte. And okay, it's Charlotte, right? But still, this is a guy you can get behind who has ground his way to the NFL again as a zero star recruit out of high school. I know that happens, but it's so rare. Because that means you had no talent coming out of high school. I'm not getting a Grant DuBose jersey because he might not make the team, but I will pull for this guy. And I hope that he does make the practice squad and gets an opportunity just from his backstory. Absolutely. No, I don't have the, the numbers in front of me, but yeah, Miles, Miles College Division Two transferred to Charlotte and yeah, had two very productive seasons at, at Charlotte. It's a nice player. Excellent special teams guy. Really, really good special teams guy as well. So there's a little bit of a theme here with these, a lot of these later later round picks, which is a good theme. I'm all for that. If a guy like this makes the roster as your sixth wide receiver, he damn well better play special teams. This guy abs- absolutely does. I like this pick and like you. The story's great. 6'2", 201, ran a four five seven forty. Not stupid slow, not really small. Like, this is a guy that should be able to put his hands on people on special teams. The athletic ability is there. Whether the skills are there, we don't know. I'm going to give him a B just because I like him. I think the pick is a – I really like him. I didn't expect him to be drafted, though. So I have to be true to the grades that I had before the draft. It's a C-plus for me. Would you like to talk about your draft day steals first before we – Sure. So – in Peter's amazing draft guide, he had the draft day steals of the Packers. First of all, Scott Wells made your draft day steals. Yes. You do know that Scott Wells wrestled, right? That's why I put him in there. Thank you. I appreciate you for that. So the the biggest steal in your eyes, Bart Starr, the 17th round pick, Packer Hall of Famer, NFL Hall of Famer, arguably for some – the best quarterback the Packers have ever had. Not the greatest thrower, but, I mean, you can't argue with championships coming out of the 17th round. No argument from me there. That's a good deal. You know, and before anybody says, yeah, there were less teams and whatever, he was still the 200th pick in that draft. Going in the 17th round, that means that teams had 16 other opportunities to pick him and didn't pick him. Right. Can't argue with with getting a Hall of Famer at that at that, at that stage of the of the, of the draft who goes on to win five NFL championships. Number two on your list, Jim Ringo, center, seventh-round pick, 1953. He weighed 211 pounds. <laughs> I think that's amazing in its own right. Imagine that. 211, that dude's playing corner in 2023, 70 years later. Why is Jim Ringo two? over the Bakhtiaris and the drivers. So it's interesting. So Ringo and Bakhtiari were close for me, but really in Ringo's came 
case, it came down to the fact that he is a Hall of Fame player. He was an All-Pro, so six-time first-team All-Pro, seven-time Pro Bowl, and that's just for the Packers. That's before he went to the to the Eagles. So I think when you put all of that together, with the fact that he's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, was a seventh-round draft pick, which back then was the 80th overall pick. I think it's difficult to, to say he's probably not the, the second best steal in inverted commas in in Packers draft history. It's a Hall of Famer at the end of the day. This is where we would disagree if you or I were to date it. Between David Bakhtiari, now David Bakhtiari, fourth round pick, 2013 draft out of Colorado, be a Packer Hall of Famer, guaranteed. Yep. Won't be an NFL Hall of Famer, I don't think. I don't think he's gotten enough notoriety. Plus, he's a tackle, and you really got to be special to be a alignment that makes it into the hall of fame how did you pick between david bakhtiari and donald driver really difficult one i think that this is where you're weighing up you know bakhtiari is a fourth round pick driver's a seventh round pick therefore if their careers were kind of equal you would you go with the seventh round guy over the fourth round guy i think that in bakhtiari's case you look at the fact that he's a multiple time All-Pro, first and second team All-Pro, right? A couple of times first team, a couple of times second team All-Pro, which means that at various points in his career, he was the best or in the best two or in the best three players at his position. And I don't think that can be said about Donald Driver. I think Driver has been, you know, don't get me wrong, an excellent player for for a long, long time. I guess where my head was when I was writing this was that Bakhtiari's Peak was higher than Driver's peak. Okay. But somebody was trying to make a case for Driver being above Bakhtiari based on the fact that Driver was, you know, a lot later round draft pick. That I would go with that as well. I don't think there's much to choose between these two. And number five on your steals, Packers steals, is Tony Canadeo, ninth round pick in 1941. Again, there were less teams, so it's not as far back in the draft as a seventh round Donald Driver. Yeah. But he's a pro football Hall of Famer. He is. I think the thing that, that knocked him further down for me was I gave myself an arbitrary number of anybody picked from 1 to 75 in the draft. I decided it shouldn't really be a steal. They're kind of first or second round, second and a half round picks. He was number 77. So he was close to not making the list okay. at all. You know, you could make a case, should he be slightly higher than guys that are not in the Hall of Fame? Probably, but those other guys that you know, the Donald Drivers of this world, were picked a downside lower in the draft than than, than Canada was. I love this. These are very interesting to be. Josh Sitton, number six guard, fourth round pick, two thousand eight. Really good player for the Packers for a number of years. Ahead of Larry McCarron, center, twelfth round pick in nineteen seventy three. I think that it's a nice context when you put the pick they were because that's yeah. the way to ch- compare the eras because in the ninth round in 1953 or whatever there weren't as many teams so yeah. josh sitting more pro bowls than larry mccarron so sitting think one more pro bowl than mccarron and sitting was also a second team all pro two or three times so again i would say very slightly his peak was very slightly higher than McCarron's played different positions but both on the interior of the of the lines not huge amounts to choose between them like you say McCarron was a later round draft pick I just maybe a little bit of recency bias as well went in there 
I don't think there's much to choose between them, but. And then I'll go through the whole list. I just wanted to reach down then to the last pick. Scott Wells is number 15. <laughs> Again, wrestler. Drafted out of Tennessee in the seventh round. That In 2004, the seventh round was the last round. Is that correct? Now, there's a question. When did they go to seven? I don't, I don't know when they went to seven rounds. The Packers cut Scott Wells, and he came back. That would be nice if, like, the Jake Hansons of the world all of a sudden yeah. just came out of nowhere. It would be the same kind of idea. Very yeah. productive player for the Packers. Then ended up playing for a very long time in a Packer uniform. You know, when you looked at Scott Wells, was a was, a, I think, a one-time pro bowler. But, you know, started all of those games, 100 starts for a guy, like you say, that was picked in the seventh round, was cut, came back. Some could argue that as he was cut, he shouldn't make this list, but it was my rules. And he was drafted. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So he made the list on that basis, on the basis of my rules. And yeah, I mean, it's one of those guys that, that to a degree, sadly, you could almost forget about. You know, it's one of those guys that, you know, could easily slip under your radar when you're looking at this stuff. Wouldn't necessarily be the first name that would come to mind. You'd think of Bakhtiari and Driver and obviously Bart Starr and stuff. But Scott Wells fits right in, right in there. You know, and was an integral part of that Super Bowl team, Super Bowl Forty Five. It was good fun. That was that was good fun trying to put that article together, and trying to work out in what order to put those guys. You could take those same fifteen guys or whatever that's on that list and swap that order around, and it would still be just as valid. But you did clearly put thought into it. It wasn't like you just decided, okay, that that that's number fifteen. Like you, there was criteria in your head as you did it. All right. Anything else? I think we're good. All right. So thanks for listening to this special edition of The Average Cheese, the premature evaluation episode. Go, Pat, go. Go, Pat, go. Go, Pat, go.